to do a, a full-blown like I had intended and the holidays are creeping up on us so just kind of wanted to do a couple shout outs on how to address the holidays they're not always the easiest for people in recovery or people in addiction or people in general for that matter so I wanted to call out a couple things couple coping mechanisms couple ideas on how to survive but before I get into that, I want to talk about gift giving at the holidays. So <laughs> I'm sure many of you, because I know it's in a lot of my traditions and cultures and, and people and environment that I'm in, um, lottery tickets and scratch-offs are a big gift around the holiday season. And we used to do these, I think they called it Chinese auction or elephant purple elephant, pink elephant, I don't know. We did something and there was always scratch-offs up until we eliminated the rule, but it was a secret gift-giving process and you would steal and, and the lottery tickets were always one of the first things that people really fought over and gravitated towards. So, like I said, eventually we got them out of our routine and it was against the rules to have them, but it's still a frequent occurrence. We had, um, Somebody in group not too long ago, we were here we are, you know, a month away, six weeks away from Christmas, and it was already in her brain about the scratch off that was gonna be under the placemat at her holiday dinner. So here she is, you know, stressed out, like visibly stressed out six weeks out because she didn't know how to have that conversation because she was gonna be put in that situation because she can't escape gambling from anywhere. So. This is twofold. It's it, the first message I'd like to say is be cognizant. Um, I I remember at work a few years ago getting well more than a few years ago. I guess it was before I relocated, but a, a gentleman at work gave me a Christmas card and there was a dollar scratch off in it, and I think I was still gambling at the time. And it it was actually I understood the sentiment right. The sentiment is. I'm thinking of you and even though he spent a dollar there was a chance for XYZ I think that that's what he was thinking and I think that's what happens when customers you know tip their servers and scratch offs or we use it as a vehicle because we may not have $25 to put in that card but we have a dollar or we could spread the chair longer but if, if you're starting to get a little handle about how serious this addiction is from listening you probably understand the magnitude of, of how that might not be appropriate. The next part of that conversation, so that's the adults. 
the next part I, I want to share, and I, I don't really want to get into reading a lot on this show, but this press release came down from the New York State uh, Problem Center for Problem Gambling, and they're doing a campaign called Talk to Kids, and it's about addressing giving lottery tickets and scratch-offs at the holidays to children under 18. It's illegal, folks. Well, it's at least it's illegal here in New York. But I want to share some of the stats with you. Okay, the campaign titled Talk to Kids is designed to address troubling statistics that reveal that a staggering 39.5% of youth aged 12 to 17 have gambled over the past 12 months. 30% of these youth state that they began gambling at age 10 or younger. Here they say gambling is defined as risking something of value on a game of chance for a desired result. Some of the examples that they published are uh, betting with friends on sports, games of skills, dares for money or possessions, raffles, fantasy sports, March Madness, lottery and scratch-off tickets, poker, other card and dice games, and video games, social gaming, and internet gambling. So I watched a couple of these videos. There's some videos, and again, if you want to Google Talk to Kids, if you don't know how to have that conversation, you know, with your eight-year-old, your 10-year-old, you know, your 15-year-old, tell them you don't want them to grow up to be like me, right? That's, that's for starters. But if you don't want to have the conversation that looks just like that, there's some videos on this website that kind of show what the dialogue could look like or how to broach your children. So that's, that's one of my Christmas wishes. I, I have a couple other ones, like please share the podcast and like it, but if, if you can be thinking about not planting that seed to children, giving them the gift of gambling, um, hopefully they have a, you know, a higher chance of being successful in other areas of their lives. They don't need to grow up to be compulsive gamblers. So it, for those of you who know me personally, you know, I'm not like a super big kid person. Um, it, so it might sound a little counterintuitive that I'm addressing this, but I don't want anyone to have to go through dealing with this disease or addiction. So there's just a couple more sentences I want to share with you from this article. So it says that studies show that the developing teen brain is especially susceptible to addiction and that children who engage in underage gambling are at a higher risk of developing a gambling problem because the parts of their brain that limit risk-taking and impulsivity and help them think through their decisions and consequences are still developing. So essentially, it's a work in progress, and if they, they start early, at least this is my interpretation, if they start early, it can basically get programmed into it. Again, I'm not the scientist. Okay, on to a little chat about the holidays. I am sure that everybody's out there going, yeah, holidays, stressful. We don't have, you know, additional money for presents or time to do everything that needs to happen. There's lots of parties and events and just stuff going on. And, and I know for me, my brain is always racing. Um, it, the to-do lists get bigger. 
in a lot of places, the weather gets worse. So there's a lot going on at the holidays. And I know even at the center, we we tend to ramp up on our meetings. We make them a little bit more family related. We invite you know, spouses, significant others, family to the center. We do a little bit more potlucks, a little bit more community to kind of reinforce it. And and the counselors are really dialed into dedicating meetings for us where we can talk about, you know, are we nervous about an upcoming visit, you know, whether we're going somewhere or someone's coming to us or, or a dinner or the people will be around. For me, the holidays almost always ended in a trip to the casino. If I was in Connecticut, I, I went to, you know, the casinos out there when I was living in New York. After Christmas, you know, I, I'd convinced Dave and Dad and everybody to get in the car to go to Turning Stone. They just almost always had a place. And part of that is because there's some time off of work usually associated and the casinos are open 24-7. And this isn't unique to just casino gamblers because now everybody can bet online if they chose to. So I'm, that is not lost on me. But I just kind of wanted to, first of all, let you know if you're a gambler out there, you're not alone in this situation. It's stressful. Second of all, there's a couple things, and this is why it was so important to have a bonus episode so that you can start thinking about some of this ahead of time. When I had my relapse, in after you know two two and two years and some time my relapse was in October and I was living where I didn't have family and I got invited to Thanksgiving in about three different places and my manipulative lying little self anytime somebody said oh well do you want to come here for Thanksgiving I would say well so and so invited me already but thank you so this is you know, the month of November, it's not even the holiday week yet. And in the back of my mind, I already know I'm going to the casino and I'm going to spend Thanksgiving there. And the person who invited me will think I'm at the other person who invited me house. Now, I'm not giving you tips on how to be lying and manipulative. I'm trying to explain, you know, maybe there are some people out there that have people in their lives that they're wondering, you know, what where they're going to really be at the holidays or just to let you know that that's how I thought about it. So I, I've spent my fair share of holidays at the casino. Now, this is what I can tell you. When I spend the holidays now without the casino, I can be a little bit more present and involved and well-rested because I'm not up hours and hours. I can have, you know, not lose money there's a whole lot of benefits to not going to the casino on the holidays so I use the example about telling people because if if you're someone who's struggling especially in the early days where it's so easy to get overwhelmed or you might go oh I only have x amount of days well there's no such thing as only have at least not in the world that I come from or believe in but it, it may feel easier. So I'm suggesting now, while we're in front of it and we have a little time, to start thinking about how you want to handle that on the front side. Do you want to go spend time at your family's house? Is there a crazy cousin that you don't want to run into that stresses you out? 
Are you afraid you don't have money for gifts? There's a lot of things that you can start tackling. So one of the things I would suggest is coming up with a plan about where you want to be and then letting people know. That'll force you to have some accountability. There will be no expectation per se other than you're going to come, right? You don't, if you don't have money for presents this year, don't let that stress you out. Just be honest with people or make something. One of the people in my universe made us lovely. She hand drew our initials one year at group and gave them out to us. That's one of the best presents ever. So start thinking in terms of that so you don't get overwhelmed. Um, if you're in the, you know, in the program or in a situation where you can find a sponsor so you have someone to talk to, I'll always advocate for that as well. Start doing your research now about meetings. Zoom has meetings. For GA, GA calls, there's Facebook groups out there. There's, there's many Facebook groups. And there's always someone just essentially a click away if you need to talk. The other thing is there might be, I know around here, and I don't know, I don't know enough, on, quite honestly, about the complete AA culture in all the different places, but here they have a like a 24-hour, and I believe they do it at Thanksgiving and Christmas, like a 24 hours of recovery where it's, you know, around the clock, you can go, you can get a warm meal, you can play games, you can visit, you can have meetings. Um, so it's just a place for people to go. So you can start researching that now. The other thing I want to say, and, and this one might be a little bit more challenging, is if there is a situation that you know would be counterproductive so like I said you have some crazy uncle you're not talking to mom or you know whatever that looks like maybe you don't need to go to that place I'll use an example that I just heard this week there's a couple people in my world that have one I don't know quite all their circumstances but the other one I know is is struggling with a child that's in in, in addiction, in a recovery, depends on the moment. And she's, you know, she's a gambling addict. So instead of coddling, that's a bad word, instead of getting into her son, her child's stuff, she, she took care of herself and she ended up going to this other girl's house for Thanksgiving. And they just had the best time. There was no pressure, no family, um, drama, no circumstances, no lottery tickets under the placemats. There was, they just had a great day and they came back and told us about it and uh, they survived the, the holiday without a bet. And that's really what it comes down to. So I encourage you that if it requires you to protect your recovery, to not be in a situation, that is a million percent okay. And don't be afraid to do that. It, it might be if you're not in a place in your recovery where you can tell people candidly, then maybe it's maybe you don't tell them that you have alternate plans and you essentially call out sick. Not that I'm proposing lying, um, but it might be too difficult to have those conversations and that might not protect your recovery. And that's OK, too. Or at least in my opinion, that's OK. You shouldn't feel any pressure that's going to, you know, force you closer to a bet. 
So those are kind of my my little safety tips about the holidays. Um, there could be so many good things. Oh, volunteering too. That was one of the other ones. You know, maybe there's places you can volunteer or or go do, you know, serving food at a soup kitchen or whatever that looks like. Again, and each community is going to be a little different. And I have to keep remembering that this audience, um, it could be different because it's worldwide. So hopefully the things that I'm suggesting, at least one of them has to be applicable in your area. So, so those are my thoughts. I hope that everybody takes care of themselves and has an amazing holiday season. There are, uh, you know, multiple holidays to to mention, and people do different things at different times. So I don't want to discount any of those. So I just I just hope everybody has a a great rest of the year, um, a happy new year. Every day is kind of a, a a new beginning, according to what we heard from Brett. Um, something we could be grateful for. Today's positive quote I found was from Donna Monahan. No, Dominic Monahan, excuse me. And he says, holidays are all different depending on the company and the time of your life. So I hope you're having a bet-free time of your life. <laughs>